Hello, what is up? This is Hussein Talib, host of the Success Great Podcast, streaming now on Amazon Music. Inspiring stories of entrepreneurs and business education to help you raise the standards to achieve greatness. Find and follow the Success Great Podcast in the Amazon Music app to get every episode now. Hello and welcome Success Great Nation to this new episode of the Success Great Podcast. My guest today is Christy Foley. She's an attorney mediator who dedicated her professional career to teaching others about conflict resolutions, mediation ethics, and e-mediation techniques. As a teacher at heart, she loves teaching groups how to create peace at the workplace. Christy, welcome to the Success Grid podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome to have you here on the show. So. Let us first know and tell us uh, the Success Grid audience first, what made you want to go into this kind of business conflict resolutions for business leaders or, or in businesses or in workplaces? What is there something attractive about this? There is to me, at least, Um, you know, I've been really fortunate to work at places where I've gotten along really well with my colleagues. And often I've seen friends and family members who haven't been as fortunate. And so for me, getting to go into workplaces and help leaders learn how to resolve conflict so that the people who work there can actually be happy there is really rewarding because I know on a day-to-day basis just what a big difference that makes in people's motivation to go to work, motivation to do well while they're at work, and motivation to stay with a company for a while. And so I love getting to come in and help people do that. And when we are talking about conflicts at workplaces and in the environment of having, let's say, a nine-to-five job, from my experience, there is sometimes a lot of stress there from from certain employees around the job itself, maybe too much demand, too much work. So do you think this is one of the reasons that create the conflicts between people? Yes, I think being overworked is definitely a cause of a lot of conflict. And I know I've seen a number of work environments where you have some people who are really taking on the burden of all that extra work, especially after the great resignation that we saw with COVID, right? We saw a lot of people leave, and that means the people who are left behind in the workplace are taking on extra responsibilities. And you have some people in the workplace who naturally will kind of jump in and say, oh, this has to get done. I guess I have to take on all these extra projects. And then you have other people who will be like, hey, I'm only here nine to five and whatever gets done from nine to five gets done kind of thing. And that creates a lot of resentment among employees because the people who feel overworked and like they're giving up their weekends and their nights and things like that to get projects done start resenting their coworkers who are just, hey, I'm only here nine to five. And so you wind up with a lot of conflict arising because of that. So for leaders in different departments, it's really important for them to recognize how to handle that kind of conflict, how to prevent that from even popping up in the first place, how to delegate more effectively. And when it does arise, as we're seeing in so many workplaces these days, how to help the employees handle that. Yeah, So because from what I am seeing, seeing like a lot of things that happened sometimes one of the reasons for maybe we can talk about the signs also what makes a conflict come come between teammates but also maybe 
the the salaries or the wages that certain people earn and others don't. So is there something major there? There always is, yes. People um, take a lot of pride in their salaries and how much they earn, and they tend to be competitive with each other. So particularly if you have someone who feels overworked and like they're getting the paid the same amount or even less than someone who isn't feeling overworked, that's going to be a big problem. So that's definitely another thing leaders have to watch out for. Yeah, because I recently saw a report from a guy named Dan Price. I don't know if you know Dan Price. He's the founder of Gravity Payments in the US. And what he did, like, I think seven years ago, he decided to up all the salaries from the medium of uh, 30, 35K a year to 70K. So a lot of employees were happy to to get that push over the, the next two couple of years. But the, there were employees who were earning about that amount or maybe a little more. So I think they quit the company. So, yeah, the, there is a lot of tension maybe around the, how many you earn and how much you do, especially if you're looking at, because I do deserve that amount of money. But if you are going to jump that much to certain people who maybe work in, maybe some, certain people say, see that they don't do they don't have the same value in the company as they do. So they they walked out. So do you think the wages reflect the amount of value employees add to their companies and their customers? I do think it's important to show employees that you care about the value that they're adding to your business and how much they're really helping you. So just to give you a quick example, one company that I worked with recently they decided to implement a system. They really didn't have a ton of extra money to put into raising salaries. But what they did have was a few thousand extra dollars a year, maybe five to 10,000 that they could kind of play with. And so what they did is they implemented a system where at your annual review, based on the score you got on your annual review, you would then get a bonus that corresponded to how well you had performed that year. And it was done a a little differently than just your traditional kind of bonus. Um, It was specifically based on, you know, if you had went above and beyond and if you had achieved certain goals and really shown the company a lot of loyalty and dedication. And so in that way, a lot of the employees were really grateful because they felt like, oh, this isn't just a bonus that, you know, everyone who's at the same level is getting a 3% kind of bonus or something like that. They really felt like it was individualized to them and because it was based on their exact score on their annual review. And they seemed really grateful for that. And that seemed to show them a lot more appreciation for the exact work they had done for the company, which ended up being a successful rollout for that business. Yeah, so so what do you think uh, some of the signs that made this conflicts between people? We mentioned like maybe wages between them or these kind of things, but what are the early signs of, having conflict between employees and sometimes not between employees themselves sometimes between an employee and the managers also this this happens a lot so why why does that happen and what are the early signs of it 
You're absolutely right. It does happen frequently. And I think one of the earliest signs is when you, um, as a manager, you're talking to some of the people who you manage who are on your team and they start telling you about how, oh yeah, they worked all weekend or, oh, it wasn't the best weekend or it wasn't the best evening and things like that. Or they start mentioning, hey, do you know when things will ease up a little? And when you start to hear things like that, your spidey sense, so to speak, as a manager should really go off because that's a sign that there's already some dissatisfaction, even if it hasn't risen to the level of actual conflict yet. It is a problem that needs to be addressed before it gets to be at a higher level. So that's one thing that I always recommend to leaders, you know, touch base with your team members, reach out to them, see how things are going, ask how their weekend was or their evening was, because little things like that can actually give you a lot of clues. Um, And the other thing is just be observant when you're in the office or if you have a remote work situation, be observant when you have team meetings online. You know, do people seem checked out? Do they seem engaged? And how are things going even between people? Often what I recommend is making sure that you do some breakout rooms when you're having remote team meetings, especially if your team only works remotely. And pop into those breakout rooms, you know, tell people, hey, we're going to be in breakout rooms for 10 or 20 minutes. I'm going to pop between all the breakout rooms on our team and pop in, see how people are getting along, mix it up, who's in which group each time. And that way you can see what interactions are happening and whether there seems to be any tension between people. Just kind of keeping your pulse on that at a low level will help prevent it from getting to be too big of a conflict. Yeah, exactly. So because... identifying things earlier is better than uh, waiting for time to pass on and it's like marriage when you <laughs> when you <laughs> deal with the situation early on it's better to not let it go on and on because it will create bigger and more complex conflict conflicts right Absolutely. so so uh, this is one of the reasons why conf- conflict resolutions fail if you don't identify them at the beginning right Yes, it is a lot more challenging to resolve conflict that has escalated and gotten out of hand than it is to resolve conflict when it's just beginning and is still fairly small. It can be done, but often it's a lot more difficult. It takes a lot more time, a lot more help. And honestly, when you're looking at bigger conflicts that are harder to resolve in the workplace, you find that it's taking time away from your workplace being productive, right? It's taking people's focus away from having a good, healthy workplace, which means it's probably taking a lot of your profit away as well. And nobody wants that. So um, in order to make sure that the business is successful as a whole, you want to try your best to address conflict right when it starts. Yeah. So, so, uh, but I think that most people in general, whoever they were, whether it's people in marriage, in work, whatever they are. So they don't really like to confront, let's say, other people or employee does not like to confront their managers. So why do you think that is? Is it fear of losing, for example, their job, losing certain amount of whatever it is, uh, or because their character or personality were built that way that they do not actually ask for certain things or confront people when they see that they are doing something wrong or that does not align with their their space? 
Yes, I think you're absolutely right in the sense that a lot of people are scared to face conflict head on. Um, it, there's a natural aversion to conflict that most people tend to have. Um, and they feel like, you know, conflict is something uncomfortable. And they also generally feel like conflict is very adversarial. It's very much one person against another person. Yeah. And because people have that perspective, it seems intimidating, right? It seems like a competition. Who's gonna win? Yeah, exactly. So it's, 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 it's like war. It becomes like war. If I, yes. I, yeah, that's a great analogy. Absolutely. And one of the things that I love to tell people is that if you focus on conflict not being so adversarial so, or so warlike you can actually address it in a lot healthier way mentally. And so what I always recommend people do is just think about the bigger picture. Think about the fact that really at the end of the day, all you're trying to create is cooperation between yourself and the other person so that the business can be successful. And to be frank, both people have an vested interest in making the business successful because that's where they both get their salaries from. So it's really important to not look at conflict as being so competitive, but instead looking at it as being an opportunity to cooperate for the sake of the business. Because I think that mindset shift really helps people not to be as afraid to address conflict when it does arise. Yeah. Do you think do you think having a, a, a company culture is very important? Because from what I have seen, not a lot of businesses, even now in 2022, not a lot of them has like a culture for the business or the company. So th- that will would mean that each person will act on it on their own. So does that is that important having culture that everyone is under the same umbrella? Definitely important. You know, letting your team members know this is the company's goals, this is their culture, this is how we like to operate is super important so that everyone can be on the same page and it can be easier to establish that cooperation that I just mentioned when a conflict does arise. But I think the other thing that's really important and leaders at any level can do this, no matter what company they're in and whether the company has created a good corporate culture or not, is just having a leader for your team who lets their team members know, hey, I'm always open to feedback. If you need anything, I am here for you. Yeah. You, can, My door is always open. You can always come talk to me, whether it's a critique or whether it's good feedback or whether you need someone to vent to you, you can always come talk to me. And just having a leader that is open like that makes a huge difference because it means that people are less likely to keep things bottled inside and let it explode like a volcano. And they're more likely to address conflict when it arises right at the beginning. And so I found that that's been really helpful for a lot of the leaders that I work with as well. Yeah. So so you mentioned the leaders or the manager that are up there. So do you think it's the fault of them if there is some kind of conflict or uh, things that are not going right? It's not the employees who are below them because they are basically the one who are and they are the leaders. They should be giving the instruction that this is the company culture, this is what we do. If you are not aligned with it, we should already not have you in the company if you're not doing the same thing that we want to do. And if they are already there and certain things go wrong, it's the leader's fault maybe because they are the they have the big they are the big umbrella. They are the I would say the the big uh, 
the big hug they give they should give the employees the big hug that and should embrace them this is what i mean right i definitely think it's important for leaders to set a good example for their team members and to try their best to really have a pulse on everything that's going on in their team so that they can prevent any conflicts from boiling over at the same time you know i've seen a lot of different team members have strife And, you know, sometimes there's nothing the leader can do to necessarily prevent that. Um, for example, one organization I worked with had a team member whose performance was really failing them. And it used to be their star employee. Well, it turns out that that team member was actually going through a lot on the personal side, had dealt with the death of both parents in eight months time span, was also going through a divorce, um, just had a lot going on emotionally that was impacting their ability to successfully do their job. And the leader, you know, did everything that they thought they could to provide that support for that person while still requesting that that person work as much as was feasible. And that was a situation where that person was just emotionally overwhelmed. And until that person had a little more time to resolve everything in their personal life, it was impossible for them to focus on their job and give their best workplace performance. And so I think that's something that leaders should absolutely be attentive to and should be you know, paying attention with what's going on with their team members. But at the same time, I don't know if it's 100% the leader's fault in a situation like that, right? That leader did literally everything. I mean, everything any employee could ask for, that leader had done. That employee just was really struggling and needed more time. And so I think that it is absolutely the job of a good leader to set a good example and try and always be there for their employees. At the same time, things are going to pop up that are truly employee-related and that the manager is just going to have to deal with on a case-by-case basis as well. Eventually, at the end of the day, we are humans. Certain things happen. Like you mentioned, there are there are certain things that are actually outside of our control. We cannot control everything. It's like traffic when someone keeps honking at you. If, if there is traffic, there is traffic. You cannot go. You can't fly. It's a car. You can't fly. So... So, so yeah, you have to keep in mind that you are at the end of the day, you are a person. Maybe you have issues outside of the work, which, from my from my experience, from what I would say, is that you should keep that separate. But it's it's hard. Yes, yes, it's hard. But you should keep that separate because as long as you are going to a certain place to do a certain job, you have to do that. If you cannot do that, maybe you could take, for example. Uh, a vacation or whatever to deal with whatever you have to do, right? Do you think that could also be uh, an e- a situation where conflict can be avoided? Absolutely, yeah. So I think in situations like that, employees need to be vocal about what they need, right? So the situation I was giving you an example of, that employee was trying to be a good team member and return back as soon as they could after each parent's death and everything like that, um, you know, took a little bit of time off, came back, took a little bit of time off, came back kind of thing. And really what that employee needed, as you said, was more time. They needed to take some vacation time. They needed to focus on themselves and get their head back in the right place 
so that they could really come to work and bring their A game. And that was something that the employee just wasn't giving themselves enough time to do. Mm. So I think as a leader, you know, having those discussions with your team members, if you see them struggling and working out options for them on, you know, do you have vacation time left or what can we do to accommodate something like that is really important. Yeah. So let's say once there is some kind of situation where there's a conflict going on and it's really it's really like war between two or maybe more than two people at the company what needs to be done so in that case it's really important for leaders to gather people together whether it's in small groups or just one on one or even in a big group and facilitate a discussion about what caused the conflict to get so significant and facilitate a discussion about how that conflict can be resolved as well. Um, The one thing that I see leaders try and do frequently is they'll try and talk to everybody one-on-one and then just come up with a solution themselves and implement the solution and force it on everybody. And let's face it, people don't like being told what to do. They like... No, they don't. Right? They don't like being ordered around, even by their boss, who I know theoretically gets to order them around to some degree. Um, So what I've found is a lot more effective is having open dialogue with people, asking for their ideas, asking about not only what caused the conflict, but what they're ultimately interested in. Why did this conflict end up being so personal or so emotional for them? So that you can get to the heart of the issue. And if you can let them have an open discussion about the conflict and how they would like to see the conflict resolved, then I find you're more likely to get them to come up with a solution they're happy with without the manager having to force a decision on them. And because they're the ones who have actually reached the solution, they're a lot more likely to follow through with it and be comfortable with it. And it's a lot more likely to actually resolve the problem in the long run. Yeah, having having the solution come from them is, is better because they will see that they are maybe appreciated as people first and then as you mentioned it will get things will get done and the the issues will get resolved uh, in that way it's not like they are forced into it because like you mentioned in general in general whoever it is uh, i don't think like people like to be told what to do so even uh, employees most of the time do certain things because they are like forced to because they know if they don't do these things they will maybe get fired or they will have a notice to them or whatever it is. So once once this conflict is starting to get clear and resolved, is there something to do next to prevent this from happening again? Because the problem is from my experience also, from what I am seeing, a lot of these conflicts also appear time and time again, which are similar and they repeat themselves. So what does that, why does that happen and how we can prevent that from happening in the future in workplaces? To be frank with you, the recurring conflict occurs because people don't properly address the conflict in the first place. They kind of put a Band-Aid on it when really maybe it needed stitches or staples, so to speak. Um, and so <laughs> what I always recommend is that people are have the confidence to face the conflict head on and dive deep into the issues causing the conflict. Because if you do that just once, 
then you can resolve the issue properly the first time so that you don't have to keep addressing the same issue repetitively in the workplace. The other thing that I always recommend people do is when you resolve a conflict, also figure out a good way to follow up with the people involved in the conflict to make sure things are going smoothly in the future. So figure out, you know, do they prefer a phone call? Do they prefer an in-person meeting? What's the best way for you to kind of check in with them? And then as a leader, go ahead and calendar time into your schedule to actually follow up with them to make sure everything is going well. I find that one of the hardest things for leaders to do, because they're juggling just so many different things, is for them to remember to follow up. And if they put it in their calendar, if they block out just 10 minutes, check in with John Doe, and 10 more minutes, check in with Jane Smith kind of thing, (laughs) then it gets done and you prevent it from becoming a big problem all over again. And so that's one of the biggest tips that I tend to give a lot of the leaders that I work with. Yeah, awesome. So from from your experience and working with these kind of workplaces and companies, uh, do you think that this is something that uh, we can give a final thought to them that makes them not want to be in a conflict uh, conflict place or uh, avoid these kind of things and have this... Uh, have this, I would say, empathy for the place of work and the other people that working with them? Definitely. I, you know, just showing your team members that you appreciate them as individuals is so important. And as a leader, if you're able to do that, then you can create a conflict-free workplace, at least among your team, that will therefore be a productive and profitable team, mm. which will make everybody's life much better. Exactly. So what would you say one takeaway for the success of Grid Nation to take from this episode? And not just in the workplace, even in their own lives, if they are like married or between friends or whatever it is, the situation between two or more people in general to avoid conflicts. I think the biggest thing is just having the confidence to discuss the conflict with someone right when you feel it pass or pop up, excuse me. You know, too many people wait too long as we talked about to address the conflict head on. So I think having the confidence to say something when it's bothering you just a little bit so that it doesn't become a giant problem is really important. Yeah, definitely, exactly. Taking taking the steps at the beginning is better waiting until it becomes like uh, you need to bring nuclear weapons into this war, so. (laughs) So yeah, definitely well, something to avoid for sure. Yeah. So where where can people get in touch with you, Christy? They can get in touch with me via my website, emediationservices.com. And they can also email me at cfoley at emediationservices.com. So if I can be of any help bringing peace to people's lives and their workplaces, I'm certainly happy to do so. And they're welcome to reach out to me for help. Awesome. Well, thank you, Christy, for being here today with me because we know conflicts is sometimes is a subject that actually is a subject that can be overlooked, but actually it is there and it exists between people and between people and companies sometimes and these kind of things. So thank you for being here today with me in this episode. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. 
And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.